This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and in this edition, I'm looking back at the life of one of my own historical heroes, Kilmarnock FC's Davy Sneddon, who sadly left us on Christmas Eve last year. Although he enjoyed a varied playing career, he's best known for his exploits in Willie Waddle's great 60s team. The 24th of April 1965 saw the Scottish League title decided at Tynecastle Park between Heart of Midlothian and Kilmarnock. On his 29th birthday, Davy Sneddon played at inside left for Kelly and scored arguably the most important goal in the club's history. Kelly won 2-0 and took the title back to Rugby Park for the first time as a result of Sneddon's goal. David Sneddon was born on the 24th of April 1936 in the North Ayrshire town of Kilwinning to Jenny and William Sneddon, one of four children. Football came naturally to the young Davy as it did to many young boys in the 1930s and 40s. His life revolved around playing football from first thing in the morning to sunset, with only the inconvenience of school interrupting the play. Playing almost constantly for youth teams such as Largs Rovers and the Boys Brigade, Sneddon joined his local side, Kilwinning Rangers, in June 1952. At the time, it was advantageous to play in the junior ranks of Scottish football. If you were a senior who wanted to wind your career down at a junior side, you would not be able to do so if you had not played junior previously. Dundee had scouted Sneddon and signed the young inside left in January of 1954. George Anderson had recently managed the Dark Blues to League Cup successes against Rangers in 1951 and Kilmarnock in 1952, and saw promise in Davy. However, he left the club in the summer of 1954 and was replaced by former Rangers striker Willie Thornton. Davy knew he would be second to the Dundee legend Billy Steele in his inside left position, so he had to wait patiently to make his first team debut. There was also the matter of his national service, where he served with the Royal Signal Corps, further limiting his opportunities to play. His debut eventually came on the 19th of March 1955 in a 4-1 win over Stirling Albion at Dens Park. In his time with Dundee, Davy scored 13 goals in 60 games and won the Forfarshire Cup twice. During his time at Dens Park, Dundee were a mid-table team who finished as low as 13th in 1956. However, a personal highlight for Davy during his time with the Dees was receiving a call-up to the Scotland Under-23 squad for a friendly match against Wales at Hampden in December 1958. Despite the 1-0 loss in this game for Scotland, his talents were being noticed. By 1959, the Dees had managed to finish fourth in the league, but that season they also suffered defeat at the hands of Fraserburgh in the Scottish Cup that season, with Davy being a part of the team that day. The lack of a run in the Scottish Cup following the Fraserburgh defeat coupled with falling attendances, 
meant that the Dens Park board would have to move players on for a fee to balance the books. In April 1959, Cliff Britton's Preston North End signed Davey from Dundee for £12,000 plus the takings from a friendly match played between the two clubs and he made the move down to Deepdale. His first match for the Lily Whites was their final game of the 1958-59 season where they drew 2-2 at home to Tottenham Hotspur. Preston had a strong lineage of Scottish footballers at that time including Bill Shankly, George Much, Andy Beattie and Tommy Doherty. There was another big draw to playing with Preston. Tom Finney, the Preston plumber. Bill Shankly claimed, Tom Finney would have been great in any team, in any match and in any age, even if he had been wearing an overcoat. Finney was famed for his plumbing trade in addition to his excellent play and he was known for being seen around Preston with his wheelbarrow of plumbing supplies. He became England's record goal scorer in 1958, despite Finney's appearances for both Preston and England being limited by the Second World War. Davy would enjoy one season playing with Tom Finney, while the Lily Whites finished 13th, in which he scored 11 goals against the likes of Arsenal, Blackpool, Chelsea, Leeds United and Manchester United. Unfortunately, Finney took the decision to retire due to persistent injuries in the summer of 1960. The team's form nosedived the following season and the club finished last in the first division, 22nd place, meaning relegation to the second division. To this day, Preston have not played in the top flight of English football since this relegation. In his time at Preston, Sneddon made 91 league appearances, scoring 17 goals. Had Preston not gone down, it's likely he would have continued to play for North End. But in November of 1961, the club heard that Willie Waddle was interested in signing him. They knew they would have a ready-made replacement for Davey and Alan Spavin, who was coming through the ranks. And he signed for his boyhood team of Comarlock for £17,000, a club record at the time. Kilmarnock had been a reasonable provincial outfit in the 1950s under Malky MacDonald. A progressive board of directors led by former player Bob Thine recruited the former Rangers player Willie Waddle in 1957. Waddle set about turning the team into one of the best outfits outside of Glasgow. Scottish football was about to enter a golden era and Waddle was determined to make sure that his side were a big part of that. Signing Davy Snedden was to prove a masterstroke, and he slotted neatly into the 4-2-4 formation that Kelly played at the time. Waddle and his drill sergeant trainer, Walter McRae, had a big influence on Kilmarnock. In 1962, Waddle took the bold move of changing Kelly's home kit from the blue and white hoops that they had worn since the 1900s to blue and white vertical stripes. He believed that the hoops were unlucky and decided that a change was needed. But a cynic may just think he associated hoops with Celtic and wanted a change. The Ayrshire Club had reached the League Cup and Scottish Cup finals in 1960, where they lost on both occasions to Rangers, 
and were maintaining good finishes near the top of the league table. At the time, Kelly were competing for the league against the likes of Rangers, Dundee, Dunfermline Athletic and in particular, Hearts. The Edinburgh side had pipped Kelly to the title in 1960 by four points and would be keen competitors for all available honours. In Davies' first season, Kelly finished fifth behind Dundee, Rangers, Celtic and Dunfermline. The team bounced back the following season to finish second behind Rangers and in the same season reached the League Cup final where they played Hearts. Unfortunately, Davy had picked up an ankle injury in the match before the final against Dundee at Dens Park and was to miss out on this occasion. The final was to prove a disappointing day for Kelly. Late on in the match and trailing 1-0, Frank Beattie netted an equaliser only for Tom Tiny Wharton to rule the goal out for offside despite no flag from his linesman. It was unclear as to why Wharton ruled out the goal and the urban legend from Kelly fans was the weather was so bad that Wharton did not want to play extra time. In the end, Hearts prevailed 1-0 and Kelly were once again the bridesmaid who had got so far without winning. Wharton received a very frosty welcome every time he officiated in Kilmarnock following this incident. Kelly's good form in the league kept up though, finishing second again in 1964 and earning a place in the Fair Cities Cup. In their first ever match in Europe, they were drawn away to European giants Eintracht Frankfurt, a team famous in Scotland for playing in the 1960 European Cup final at Hamden, losing 7-3 to Real Madrid. Some of the team from that day would be playing against Kelly in the tie, as if drawing a huge German team wasn't daunting enough. Kelly lost the first leg in Frankfurt 3-0 and few gave them much hope of fighting back at Rugby Park. Undeterred, a crowd of 15,000 packed into Rugby Park and were disappointed after only two minutes when the Germans scored their first goal of the night and their fourth on aggregate. However, instead of crumbling, Davy Snedden and his Kelly team got to work to produce a stunning comeback. Kelly made it 1-1, then 2-1, then 3-1 by half-time. A remarkable comeback was looking likely, and after a nail-biting second half, they got their equaliser with eight minutes remaining. Near the end of the game, Davy recalled asking the Irish linesman how much time was left, only to be told, Don't worry, there's enough time for you to go up and get another goal, son. The miracle happened in the last minute of the game when Davy put a free kick from the edge of the box onto Ronnie Hamilton's head and the ball went past the German goalkeeper. The crowd went wild with ecstasy and the Kelly players were hailed long into the night as a provincial club from Ayrshire had defeated a true European giant. This remains Kilmarnock's best ever European result to date. Kelly's season in 1964 65 seemed to falter in the winter after a few poor results, but the spring showed green roots of recovery and set the end of the season up for a grandstand finale on the 24th of April, Davy Stedden's birthday. With one game to go, Kelly was second, 
just two points behind Hearts who were top, and Kelly were travelling to Tynecastle in the last match. A win by two clear goals would see Kelly clinch the championship by 0.042 goals on goal average. The lineup for Kelly that day was Bobby Ferguson, Andy King, Matt Watson, Eric Murray, Jackie McGrory, Frank Beatty, captain, Tommy McLean, Jackie McAnally, Bertie Black, Davy Snedden, and Brian McElroy. 36,000 people were crammed into Tynecastle for the decider. Hearts had an early chance to score after six minutes when Road Jensen's shot hit the post, but Kelly's nerves settled. The first big moment came in the 26th minute with Davy at the very centre of the action. Jackie McAnally fed the ball to Tommy McLean, who was just inside the box. McLean played a perfectly floated cross over to Snedden, who headed home past Jim Cruikshank in the Hearts goal. 1-0 to Kelly. Davy later joked that he thought that goal was the only header he'd ever scored from. Two minutes later, Snedden played a ball along the wing at the stand side of Tynecastle and found Bertie Black. Black was able to jink the ball past two maroon shirts and found Brian McElroy just inside the 18-yard box. McElroy shot into the bottom right corner of the net and it was Hearts nil, Kelly 2. Just the margin that they needed to win the title by. The match still had 60 minutes of play remaining, but Kelly held firm despite pressure from the home team. Five minutes to go, and Willie Waddle and his assistant Walter McRae were nervously looking at the time. Waddle had announced he was quitting management to go into journalism at the end of the season, and he was desperate to finish on a high. It looked like it might all come crashing down in the very last minute, as a long ball from Hearts found Alan Gordon 16 yards out from goal. He aimed for the top left corner of Bobby Ferguson's goal. He took a powerful shot, and Ferguson was equal to it, tipping the ball past the post to keep the score at 2-0. Moments later, it was all over, and Willie Waddle broke his usual collected manner, running onto the park to hug and congratulate his victorious players. After years of coming second and falling at the very last hurdle, Kilmarnock were champions of Scotland. The players were met back home by huge crowds in Kilmarnock, and it capped off Davy Snedden's 29th birthday very nicely indeed. As the bus went along the streets of Kilmarnock towards Rugby Park, it passed Davy's house and he asked Willie Waddle if he could nip home quickly to visit his wife Rena, who was expecting at the time. Waddle agreed on the basis that he got back to Rugby Park as quickly as he could. He went inside to find the house was empty, with Rena having left for the stadium already. Davy quickly made his way to the street outside the ground and fought through a large crowd to get to the armed gates before a policeman stopped him. Davy quickly made his way to the street outside the ground and fought through a large crowd to get to the large iron gates before a policeman stopped him. The sergeant said nobody was getting in. 
Davy had to reply, Do you not know who I am? And the sergeant changed his mind upon seeing it was indeed Davy Sneddon. The celebrations went on long into the night as everyone celebrated the club's greatest achievement to date. Willie Waddle departed Kilmarnock in the summer of 1965 and Malky MacDonald returned from Brentford to take the reins at Rugby Park once again. After seeing off Nandori Tirana of Albania in the first round of the European Cup, Kelly were handed another stern test when they were drawn against Real Madrid. Despite Sneddon's best efforts and Brian McElroy's goal, Real put five past Kelly in Madrid, but Kelly, with Davy playing at inside left, managed to hold the Spanish Galacticos to a respectable 2-2 draw at Rugby Park. In January 1966, Davy found his first team appearances more limited due to Kelly completing a swap deal with St Mirren. Ronnie Hamilton was transferred out to Love Street and Jerry Queen joined Kelly. He found himself playing less, but he made history as the first ever Kelly player to be substituted on for Kilmarnock when he replaced Jim McFadgen in a League Cup game away to Dunfermline in the summer of 1967. Malky MacDonald decided to break up the title-winning team at this point to mould his own team, and in September 1967, Davy was sold to Wraith Rovers in the second division for £3,000. He had played 157 times in total for Kilmarnock, scoring 21 goals, one of which helped to win the Scottish Championship. Sneddon joined Wraith Rovers just as they had been promoted to the First Division and he helped to keep them there the following season. In his first appearance back at Rugby Park, he set up a goal that sent Kelly to a 2-1 defeat. At that point, perhaps MacDonald regretted getting rid of him. The men from Starks Park were relegated in 1970 and Davy played one more season with them before retiring from the senior game in 1971. He moved back to Kilmarnock and had a brief stint as player coach at junior side Hurlford United, before becoming a coach at Rugby Park in 1972. In 1973, Davy took coaching classes at the famous Leals Hall Sports Centre. He was one of a contingent of Scots who attended these sessions, and his roommate there was none other than Alec Ferguson. In this year, he also found himself caretaker manager of Kilmarnock between Walter McRae's departure and Willie Fernie's appointment, winning both of his games against Alloa Athletic and St Johnston. In 1977, Davy Sneddon was appointed as manager of Kilmarnock following the dismissal of Willie Fernie. Fernie's teams had played exciting, attacking football, but had had a bad start to the 1977-78 season after being relegated from the Premier Division the previous season. The sale of Gordon Smith to Rangers was also a blow, but Davy was able to guide the team to 6th place and the next season he achieved promotion back to the Premier Division. He also led the club to victory in the Tennant Caledonian Cup at Ibrox in 1979. This was a short-lived Anglo-Scottish competition that was played for between 1976 and 1979. 
Kilmarnock beat Brighton and Hove Albion on penalties after a 1-1 draw to go through to the final where they played Rangers. Kelly were losing 2-0 with minutes to go in the game, but two quick goals took the game to a penalty shootout which Kelly won 5-3. The competition was scrapped after this season, meaning Kelly are still the holders of the trophy to this day. In his time managing Kilmarnock, the club were part-time in a predominantly full-time league, and Sneddon insisted that had they been full-time, he could have done much more with them. A poor string of results in the 1980-81 season saw Davy step down from his managerial role with Jim Clooney replacing him. After leaving Kilmarnock as manager in 1981, he took up the reins at Stair Park as Stranraer's manager from 1982 until 1985. In later years, Davy could be found as a matchday hospitality host at Rugby Park and was popular due to his wit, humour and kindness. He was, in the words of Kilmarnock FC's historian John Livingston, a stickler for standards and was insistent on a proper dress code for hospitality, what he would describe as the Kelly way. One Kilmarnock fan, Mark Duffy, recalled a hospitality day out in the mid-2000s where he had forgotten to wear a tie with his outfit. Ever the gentleman, Davy went into the club shop and produced a tie with the warning that he was to keep it clean, as it had to go back to the shop after the game. In 2013, a new street close to Rugby Park was opened and named Davy Sneddon Way. In addition to this honour, Davy was awarded an MBE in the Queen's Birthday Honours in 2014. Despite his health declining in later years, Davy was still seen often at Rugby Park on match days and at football memory sessions. I got to know Davy during these sessions, and he enjoyed listening to other people tell stories there. Of course, he had a few good stories of his own that he gladly reeled off for us. One particular favourite was discussing Kilmarnock trainer Walter McRae's punishing training sessions, where he pushed Davy and his teammates to their limits. He insisted Kilmarnock's successes in the 1960s were down to Walter's training, claiming that the 1965 title was won due to fitness. When praised for his good play, he was always quick to point out that he had played in great teams with brilliant players such as Bobby Cox, Frank Beattie and his absolute favourite teammate, Tom Finney. Among the Kelly fans in attendance at the sessions, Everyone's favourite stories from him were the Eintracht-Frankfurt match and that day in April 1965 when the title came to Rugby Park. He never tired of telling us his tales and no one ever got tired of hearing them either. Davy Sneddon passed away peacefully at home on the 24th of December 2020 at the age of 84. He is survived by his wife Rena his two children, David Jr. and Kate, and their families. Although he enjoyed a long playing career at a variety of clubs, it will always be at Kilmarnock where he is best remembered for his exploits as part of Willie Waddle's high-flying team. Davy Sneddon will always be remembered at Rugby Park as a player, a manager, a champion, and above all else, a gentleman. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next time when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer's Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from Dundee FC, Preston North End FC, Kilmarnock FC, John Livingston, The Kilmarnock Standard, Mark Duffy and Ross Matthew.